Brothers and sisters, <clears throat> there's a dialectic in human history that has existed for as far back as we can go. Certainly, all the way back to Greco-Roman times with the Greek philosophers, they would talk about this a lot, and down to our time today in the West. The dialectic, this kind of dialogue or um, kind of argument, debate, between two ideas. What is the real nature of freedom in relation to human beings? Are human beings free or not? And how much freedom do human beings really have? How much freedom should human beings have? And what is freedom really? So these are defined, freedom is defined, and its relationship to human beings is defined differently by different people in different parts of the world in different generations. Freedom for the Greeks, the Greek philosophers, was virtue. You are free when you are virtuous. You are free when you are in control of yourself, when you are the magnanimous man. That's the person that is a virtuous person, he doesn't, it's not that he doesn't have any temptations, it's that he doesn't give in to temptations. He's the free person. The one that has full control over himself and doesn't give easily into uh, his desires. Why do they believe that? Well, because the desires are human and they're normal and they're fine, but they have this very strong tendency, especially in human nature after we have fallen into sin, the desires have this really strong tendency, this strength over us, to control us when we give in to them too much. When somebody gives in to food and he starts getting comfortable by the food, by really good food, really, you know, I don't know, uh, sweet food or very oily food or something like that, that just brings them a lot of comfort. The desire for bad food will increase and if he gives in into it again, it slowly becomes a habit and then one that ends up consuming us, one that ends up destroying us. Well, that with any other desire would be the case. And so for the Greeks, the free man is the magnanimous man, the virtuous man, the one that doesn't give in to every one of his desires but is able to withhold himself. In modern day society, especially in the West, freedom would be more like liberality or more like licentiousness, I'm free when I can do whatever I want to and that nobody would stop me from doing the thing that I want. That's what freedom means. So freedom is just kind of an open door in modern society. I am so free, in fact, according to modern society, that I can redefine myself as I please. I can choose my own identity. I can choose my own substantial being. If I want to be this today, I can be this today. If I want to be something else tomorrow, I'll be something else tomorrow. And no one can tell me no, because if they try to tell me no, then it is an infringement on my freedom, which is a right that I have. I have the freedom, the right to choose for myself everything down to the smallest aspect of my life. Are any of these the Christian version of freedom? No. Not really, no. Although the Greek one is a little bit closer, to be honest with you. The Christian idea of freedom 
has some decent basis in virtue, that you have to be virtuous, you have to be free from sin, certainly the Christian, Christian ethics will say that if we give in to too many of our desires, we become slaves to our desires. If we give in to sins, then we become slaves to sin. This is a pretty much a direct line from St. Paul. That the more we give in to our feelings and our emotions and our desires, the more we become a, a, a slave to these things, and the less human we become, the less free we are to choose. Because the more I am addicted or habitually doing something, then the less I am capable to choose for myself whether I should indulge in it or not. Why is, that a bad, why is sin a bad thing in Christianity? Only because it enslaves us, only because it's bad for us, not because God arbitrarily chooses what's a sin and what's not a sin. God knows what is good for us, and he tells us this is good and this is not good, and therefore it's a sin. Because it'll hurt you, it is a sin. That's Christian ethics. But Christian freedom, the idea of freedom, goes far beyond, infinitely far beyond, merely being somebody that's in control of his actions. Christian freedom, the whole idea of Christian freedom comes from what Jesus says in his gospel reading. Unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That makes perfect sense to me. Why does that make sense to me? Because unless we turn and become like children, it's not just that we'll never enter the kingdom of heaven, we'll never have become what we were made to become by God. We will never have become the full capacity of what God made human beings to be. So now let's go backwards a little bit. In the very beginning, God creates Adam and Eve. He creates them in the garden. He creates them in Eden and he provides a garden in Eden. And he tells Adam to till and keep the garden. He gives him all these commands. There is one part in the book of Genesis when it's describing the creation narrative that's very telling for us. Everything about what we know about human beings, what human beings are supposed to be, comes from the book of Genesis. If you want to know what we are made to be, read the first two chapters of the book of Genesis. And then if you want to know what we're not supposed to be, read the third chapter of the book of Genesis. It says, God created Adam in his own image and likeness. God creates Adam in his own image and likeness. What does this mean? That means that, well, just like in today's world, we say this, you know, when we see a kid, oh, who does he look like? Does he look like his mom or his dad? We presume, we assume that he's gonna look like his mother or his father. Why? Because he came from his mom and dad. And therefore, he's gonna take on a lot of, his feature, a lot of the features from his parents. This is what it means to be created in someone's image, to be theirs. To be created in someone else's image means it's to be the son or the daughter of that, the person whose image we are taking. Adam is created by God in the garden to be God's son. Eve is created to be God's daughter. Adam and Eve are created to be God's children. And this is the whole purpose of everything that God made. That is the whole purpose of creation. That is the whole purpose of humanity. That is the whole purpose of everything that we see around us right now, is to make human beings sons and daughters of God. So how is it that we would enter the kingdom of heaven in the realm of God if we do not become God's children, if we do not truly transform ourselves into becoming children of God? 
It's impossible, and that's why Jesus says this. Then what does it mean to be God's child? Whoever humbles himself like this child, he is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Humility, but not humility merely in the sense that I'm a nice guy, not humility merely in the sense that I'm not gonna lash out at somebody, not humility merely in the sense that I'm very quiet and shy. It's humility in the sense that, again, God created Adam and Eve to be. Totally and utterly dependent on God for everything. God said, you can eat of any of the trees of the garden. You can do whatever you want to. Just this one thing, don't do it. Just from this one tree, don't eat from it. And yet they ate from that one. Why? Only because they didn't want to be children any longer. Only because they wanted to be grown-ups. Only because they wanted to take matters into their own hands. Only because they wanted to, ma to be masters of their own lives. Only because they wanted to control themselves. They wanted to be in charge. They didn't want God to be in charge. They wanted to be in charge. They didn't want to be like God because God made them like that. They wanted to be like God because they wanted to make themselves like, like God. So then what does Jesus mean? Unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. What does all this mean? It means to be dependent. It means to not depend so much on ourselves, but to depend on God. To see ourselves not from our own perspective or from the perspective of, any, of anybody else, but from God's perspective alone. It means to see ourselves from, from the perspective of our Heavenly Father, who we know loves us and is merciful to us. What does this look like practically? How do we know if we're becoming children or not, if we're really children of God or not? You know, you've heard the expression, uh, he looks like he's carrying the whole world on his shoulders. That's not becoming a child. <laughs> That's the opposite. You know you're failing at being a child of God if you look like you, and you feel like and you're acting like you have the whole world on your shoulders. Because you don't have the whole world on your shoulders. God has the whole world on his shoulders. You don't have anything on your shoulders. God is taking care of all things. When we can be easy, when we can have an ease of life, when we can facilitate things without much difficulty and without much anxiety, we know that we're on the way to becoming true children of God because the sign of depending on God is the freedom to not worry about things. The freedom to not worry about things. And that is Christian freedom. Christian freedom as opposed to the Greek freedom or the modern Western American version of freedom. Christian freedom is the freedom from being weighed down by all the stresses and all the anxieties and all the worries of the world because we know that we have a Heavenly Father that will take care of all things. Christian freedom, in other words, is synonymous with peace. And peace, the peace that we live in the, the, the house of God, the peace that we live as members and as sons and daughters of the church, the peace that we know that we are brothers and sisters with Christ, this, the, the peace that we know that we have our mother in heaven, Mary, the peace that we know that we belong to the family of God, and that God will take care of us because God loves us because we are the children of God and that I don't have to take matters into my own hands all the time. I don't have to depend on myself. The world does not rest on my shoulders. 
but that I can offer all things to God and let God deal with the, the things of God and be responsible only for the little that God has put me responsible over. Brothers and sisters, this is why the Chaldean liturgy especially makes such a big point about this. Let us pray, peace be with us, peace be with us, peace be with you, and etc. It makes such a big deal about this because this is really the height of Christian spirituality. Attaining the peace that comes from being true children of God, developing our spirituality in such a sense that we feel in our very bones that we are God's children, members of His household. Amen. Amen.